Professionals take your business to the next level. Get ready to ride along on our inaugural summer road tour powered by Echo and their amazing lineup of products online at echo-usa.com. We are traveling the country, talking with green industry leaders, discovering best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Summer Road Tour, powered by Echo. I'm hanging out with my friend Kyle Parks. What's up, Kyle? How are we doing today? Pretty good, man. Thanks for breakfast at uh, Cracker Barrel. That was good. That was delicious. We're originally going to do Chipotle for lunch. Yes. We've been, uh, we had a little rain here this morning, so we you know, capitalized on that, had breakfast during the rain. You're going to get out there and uh, work this afternoon, but I appreciate the breakfast, man. No problem. I had two big old fluffy pancakes, and I haven't had pancakes in a long time. Yeah. I had two biscuits, bacon, eggs, hash browns. A little bit of everything. Yeah, it was absolutely delicious. I got some hot coffee for us here at the hotel. And as soon as we're done, minutes. we'll go down yeah. and get that. Yeah, get a picture in front of that thing. Exactly. So, <laughs> I'm, uh, being on the road, you know, I'm always like, yeah, it'd be a good picture there. It'd be a good video there, trying to capture the tour, so... I'm having a blast, man. Well, luckily, you're in a nice area because you go anywhere else to see trash on the road. <laughs> yeah, Maryland, huh? This is a, this is nice for the spot where we're at, and then I'm headed over to see Mulch Mate here uh, when we conclude. So Exactly. It'll be awesome. I, I liked it over there when I went. Yeah, I'm really excited. And yesterday was at Wright Manufacturing. You've been up there? Yeah, awesome. It was a really cool place. Went up, uh, proposed a girlfriend that day, and she said yes. So yeah, tell us about day. this. You, you, you drive the Wright. Well, yeah, you were so, originally going to propose to her in Michigan. Yes. And you forgot the ring. Yeah. Was, I told her that after the fact. She's like, really? I was like, yeah. So um, we ended up going up to Wright. Uh, I took a little day trip out of it. It was a rain day. So it was actually in January, too. So took some time up. We did went you up just there. call them and say, I'm coming up? Or how'd you, how'd you um, coordinate you were coming? So we, I sent out an email to one of his, I guess, his secretary, eh, secretary uh-huh. at the time. And uh, she set up the time. We came up and, uh, January 24th, we went up, took the time up there, and right after the tour, we went out and uh, went to a really neat barbecue place up there. I can't remember the name of it, unfortunately, um, but we went up there, and oh, it was Black Hawk Barbecue and Bar. That's what it was. Okay. So and we went you had up there. the ring this time. Yes, had the ring, and uh, unfortunately, I, I hate saying it, but I was going to do it at a park, but I ended up doing it in the car on our way home because it was pouring down rain, So, but she said yes, and we're happy right now we're having a blast and building a business and keeping it going there you go now you're 22 years old yes all right you started in high school and kind of got experience under your belt but with i think i heard you say on brian fortin's podcast you're in your third year full-time third year full-time i've been doing this probably i want to say middle middle of middle school so i started over at my grandmother's house uh, went up the street to a couple of neighbors and uh, still am really close with the neighbor up the street and that's actually where we keep it to uh, the trailer today 
Yeah, you were telling me I got like a seven-car garage over there. And yeah, big old property. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty cool place. And so you got the right mower, 36-inch? 36 36-inch standard B. That's our, That's I call that my baby. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. every time Money I hop. maker right there. Exactly. Every time I hop Cut on that, that grass and make that cash. Exactly. So um, we do that. Uh, Chloe's got her little... Uh, Time Masters push mower. She loves that thing to death. I actually got to get her a newer one because it's just, it's got, you know, how many hours on it now. So yeah. we're looking to get her the commercial version that way because right now, the for some reason, the bearings on the com- uh, residential Time Master, they keep blowing up. Yeah. So it's almost every, I want to say three months, I'm putting a new uh, pulley on it. So I'm like, I'm just getting tired of having to service this thing. Cause yeah, it's th- those for- are pretty good. I used to get one every single spring. I'd go in, I think they were 1100 bucks or 1200 bucks, And I'd go in there with $1,000 cash. Yeah. And uh, I'd always negotiate with them. And I, they, they, they always accepted it. I was like, hey. Really? Because I think it was $1,199. It's a 30-inch Toro Time Master. Is that what you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd go in there with, you know, 1000 bucks cash. I'm like, give me one. Every spring. I'd just get a new one every spring and we'd, you know, run it. Run it to basically part. You use it for parts the next year. Then exactly, like, it's a residential mower, but you could definitely use it for commercial. If you uh, have short, you know, it. small little yards, you know, with yeah. So yeah, it's been we have. I've probably used three years on that thing. So oh it, wow, that things that it's it's ran and done, yeah. it's done its work. <laughs> it's blew up a couple of uh, like I said, pull up a couple of the pulleys and uh, bearings in it, blown up a couple of blades as well. That's kind of scary. So as soon as oh, you hear wow. the clatter, you let go of it, and you're like, Ooh. oh, let's get away from this. I've never had that happen, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it actually scared the crap out of my brother the other day. He's like, oh, my God, I broke the mower. I'm like, no, you didn't. I know what happened. Oh, uh, pull it into the trailer, pop the cover off. Yep. So it blows the timing out of the, uh, the uh, blades, and then they start clattering oh, on each other. Oh, I see. And then they actually end up warping over time. It took two or three times, and it completely warped it. So it's have it got this all weird wavy cut. I'm like, oh, let's get new blades. Yeah. So new blades, new bearings on it. So probably got another two months out of it now, and... We'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, and you're a big fishing guy. You you were showing we're at Cracker Barrel, and Kyle's showing me all these maps of the Potomac River going down through D.C. and the Bay, and all the. Uh, I, I don't unfortunately I don't have time this trip because going to hang out with um, uh, Zach Jones tomorrow in Annapolis yes. in the morning, and then the Caleb Almonds in the afternoon. So no time to get out on the water, but that sounds fun. Y'all, y'all are big into boating up here. Yeah, big into boating, big into fishing. Um, springtime, fall time, we call it tournament season. You're going out for, you know, th- between 30 and 40-inch rockfish. So get out there, have fun, get some game in, and just to have a blast. But, you know, you're out there, have a couple beers, have fun, tell a couple stories with the guys, and it's just a good time. So, yeah, life out on the water is uh, very relaxing. I think in this business, there's so much stress of – of running a business that it's good to have a, a place like that where you can refresh. Yes. You know, for me, it's outdoors, whether it's hiking a mountain or out on the lake or out on the jet ski. I just mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, you just, you just reset exactly. when you're out on the water and you're out. And I think that's good because a lot of us, we work hard. Yeah. You know, we work very hard. You're telling me, Nick Carlson, who I'm interviewing later today, you're like, yeah, he told me he gets up at 4.30 and works, you know, goes hard to 10.30 and does it again. Exactly. But um, we don't want to burn out or, you know, get, uh, it's just good to hit that reset button. So I'm yeah. glad that you found out on the water. I just, just the way you talk about it, you know, you just, the, the glow and the oh, smile and you're, day. I mean, we're sitting there at Cracker Barrel and you're zooming in and well, if you go here and I was like, all right, that's really, you need to do more of that. Cause that's, you got, there's life on that and buoyancy and it, it excites you. So I think it's good. 
um, we have our business, but we, we got to make sure that we're, um, you know, balancing it out with, with, uh, staying fresh mentally, you know? Exactly. And then when you hit work Monday morning, you're, you're, you're better at your business because you had an awesome Saturday out on the water, you know? Yeah. My end goal is to have a 45 foot Viking. So that's the end goal. And then one year, um, my neighbor at the street is named Dennis. He's like my uncle. Um, myself, my father and him plan is to, uh, do a white Marlin open, which is the largest East coast tournament for us. So, Plan is to hopefully do that, do a white marlin open, see if we can at least place or at least put a fish in. Yeah. So, and we're my dad and I. I've been driving the boat since probably I've been twelve. So I I know how to run the boat, turn the boat, do everything, dock it, whatever. So plan is come in full board doing what uh, guys in North Carolina do is they they'll turn the boat to back into the slip and they come in at like hundred miles an hour and right before they hit the dock, slam it in a Ford and you just get this big old, uh, white water swell coming over the docks. It, it's so cool to watch down there, um, down in OBX. So the plan is to do something like that at, uh, white Marlin open, just, just have a blast, enjoy it, bring a fish in. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're talking shop over at Cracker Barrel. You're telling me about your uh, debut with the sod job that uh, oh, yeah, didn't a, quite go too well. So we all got these, and I, I love enhancements because when once you get, and we, you were asking me great questions about, you know, planting and watering and, and how to do it with excellence. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a big advocate for enhancements because when you do them at the right profit margin, I, I just have found that's kind of my sweet spot. But yeah. you were telling me your kind of sod debut, you lost money on the first job. So tell yeah, us the was, story. So like I said on uh, Brian's podcast with Phil, um, he gave me this this test run on his property. We ended up doing really well, and he sent us a sod job about a month later. Real quick, for if anyone missed the Fullerton Unfiltered podcast, go back and listen to Kyle's episode over there. The real estate agent that is a kind of a mentor to you gave you an opportunity to do his yard, and if you did a good job on that, he could get you other people. That That's Phil, right? Yes. Okay. So um, – we ended up going out to this job, and I, I go to give them an estimate, and they, they immediately accept it. I'm like, oh, I might have gone a little too low on that. <laughs> so um, we end up we end up doing the job anyway, drain the pool. We get the pool taken out, and um, I want to say it was about a pallet of sod. It wasn't too much, but a little kind of pop-up pool kind of thing. So uh -huh. we took the pool out. We ended up putting the sod in, and we had to take out, a, I want to say, at least six or seven wheelbarrows worth of sand just so we get down to uh, some topsoil and then start grading the topsoil. Uh -huh. And... Um, I told the homeowner that was originally there, I said, hey, you need to make sure you water this every day. Because that day, I think it was at least like 95 degrees that we were putting oh. the sod down. So we had gotten there as early as possible, got the sod down. Excuse me. First thing um, in the morning? First thing in the morning, got sod down. And um, You prepped the previous day? or uh, I think we did it. Yeah, we prepped the previous day, got the pull out and everything. And then we came okay. over the next day, put the sod down. Um, but yeah, we walked out of that job. And I think it was about a week later, I get a call from Phil and he goes, hey, uh, the homeowner said the grass is burnt up. Like, well, were they watering it? He said no. Oh my! Like, oh, great. So I go over to look at it, and it's it, it's it's a hay field. That's all it is. You go over there, crunch, crunch, crunch. Oh, I'm like, man. it didn't even water it. And I look out, and there's no sprinkler, no hose, no nothing. Oh my! So gosh. I'm like, well, unfortunately, I can't do anything, you know. And I, we tried to work something out, and we ended up getting it to somewhat revive some of the grass that was back there that was, I guess, still gone dormant. Um, so luckily not all of it had died, but a decent amount of it was completely wasted. 
So went over, did a little bit of overseeding, got it watered, and finally got something back. But then the neighbor ended up kind of confronting the homeowner saying, oh, well, I was watching them, and I don't think they got enough sand out. Da, da, da. Oh, so the neighbor gosh. was feeding into it. And it was just, it was one thing after another. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this right now. So Yeah, and you know, my Kyle, I've done several sod jobs coming out of the gate and made similar mistakes of the part where it was my fault was not over communicating to the customer and then my first one that i made a gigantic mistake was i didn't have it in writing that you're responsible to water because this guy i would drive by because i work in the same neighborhood every morning and he's not watering yeah i'm I'm taking note i'm like okay well maybe he's going to water in the evening and i'll be gone by then but i told him to water in the morning and he's not watering so same thing and it didn't make it and in Atlanta, there's no room for air because where I buy my sod, they cut it in Alabama. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they truck it over to Alpharetta, Georgia, and then we pick it up. And, and then we got to take it. So we do all the prepping the day before, you know, earlier, a couple days before. So we put it down, we roll it, you know, we water, and it should be good. But that sod, when it gets cut at the farm, I mean, those roots are basically in survival mode. They're fighting for their life because exactly. they're used to being connected to the soil, and now they're just driving in a truck so they're freaking out they're like we're gonna die if we don't get water and so if you don't water it immediately and and frequently then it's gonna be in trouble you got water 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 and then eventually that root will start connecting with the soil and we i mean we put screen top soil down and and, and river sand and, and whatever the grading needs but even on the georgia clay that stuff if you water it that, i've seen you know jobs that have no additional soil uh, brought in and it will take root in the georgia clay 100 yeah. percent time if it gets watered if it doesn't get watered it's not going to make it and the customers that for whatever reason they, they don't understand that but we got to over communicate that hey phil or rick there you go nailer <laughs> rick <laughs> rick's mowing <laughs> steve <laughs> rick uh yeah you got a good memory that's his neighbor i try steve it was funny because we're all sitting out at the back uh Naylor's back patio and Naylor's got his back to his neighbor, but she keeps looking out the kitchen window. And I was like, I didn't say anything, but she's like, what are these guys doing? There's four of us. We have headphones on yeah, and it's nine o'clock at night. And we're laughing. I mean, we laugh so hard. I was like everybody at Cracker Barrel that you kept doing the, the, um, Instagrams and they all just kept oh, looking at like, what man, are you doing? When you're you do social media, I mean, I walk through, I'm staying at the West in here and I'm walking through with my video camera and, you know, vlogging for this trip and everyone's staring at me like, what kind of operations this guy got? Well, it's funny because everybody, everybody loves to consume it. But if you're doing it, they kind of look at you with a crooked eye. Yeah, it was awkward for like the first year or so when I was, you know, making videos and and posting consistently on Instagram stories and everything. And I remember I'd go through Walmart and I'd be on my phone and people would be staring at me. And then finally I'm like, whatever. You you get to a point you're like, you jokers are going to go in your car, you know, in the parking lot and you're going to get on Instagram stories and be watching this stuff. So I just, I was like, whatever. Exactly. But I have so many suitcases. Ne- next time we do one of these tours, I got. I want to bring a team with me because there's. I mean, you see all the setup here. We got yeah all kind of bags and and and, and things and and so I I really need like a, a sound tech or someone to go on the road with me because it's like I go back and forth, back and forth from my car to the hotel, and they're like, you know, the one lady's like, now what exactly do you do? <laughs> and then I told her, you know, and she looked it up. She's like, oh my gosh, you know, because she saw the podcast was, you know. <laughs> we have a minor celebrity in the house. Woo. <laughs> yeah, she was she was uh in intrigued, interested. I think she was trying to holler at me. I, I, honestly, I was probably, like, probably yeah. I was I ain't interested in all that, but she was uh 
friendly. <laughs> Let's just put it that. That's funny. These Maryland ladies. So water the sod and 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 uh, roll it. Do you use a sod roller? Uh, for that one, I don't think we did. That helps too because it pushes yeah. the root. It, 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 you don't want to overdo it, but you do it one time. I, I'd like to get it real wet so that you know it, it, it's kind of moldable, if you will. Or exactly. And then, man, that that sod roller, we fill it up to the top, and uh, you know you kind of pull it backwards, and then it just pushes that yeah. sod. And, and helps that root to really get a connection with the soil. And then w w water, 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 and it will uh, it'll take root. Yeah, my dad and I were actually talking about the other day because I, I did a like a 200-square-foot job, nothing too big. It was right in front of a townhome. And um, we were actually having issues with that the other day. And my dad was like, "Did you have a, do you have a sod roller? I'm like, no. He's like, we used to have one. It was really heavy. I was like, what, did you have an old concrete one? He's like, yeah, something like that. So it's interesting how you see like the old ones versus the new ones. You just fill it with water, throw it in the back of the truck or whatever it may be. But yeah. um, we actually had problems with that, like I said. And uh turns out the problem was the, the soil had way too much, I guess it was uh, calcium or something in it. Okay. So it was way too hard. So I actually did a couple uh, core samples. Pulled them out and took them down to the local um, landscape supply store to have it tested. Yeah. And it came back and he's like, dude, how long have you let this dry? I'm like, four or five days. He's like, it is concrete. Ooh. So um, we ended up getting some stuff into the soil to actually help the grass grow because it, it couldn't push the roots down. Yeah. So the guy's like, my grass is dying. What am I doing? I'm like, well, let's not tear it up because one, right now your soil is trying, your side's trying to tell us we need to do something. Yeah. So we ended up getting the corrective stuff down for it so that we were all good and looks like everything's turning out a lot better and we'll do an overseeding in the fall once things start cooling down because right now this week we had 107 heat index yeah it's so. hot when i was in virginia man it was hot i was out there filming nailer and those guys would do a yard and then they go get nailer's truck and yep. blast yep. The, the ac and and uh it's hot up here in virginia that's for sure yeah it with it being a transition gym we have humidity and we have the heat and then when you get in the winter you get the cold air and no humidity. So we get very, I don't want to say all the time, because I know in 09, there was a lot of snow, you know, three, four feet. But past couple of years, I should say, is it's been very dry, very cold, especially with the wind gusts. So it, it's all over the place What's here. the temperature usually in January, February? Uh, January, February, it, it can range. It can go, You can. I mean, this year we stayed in probably the 50s, Oh, wow. Yeah, 40s, 50s. I mean, not, the, not much cooler. And then we had points where it came down into the teens. Yikes. So it, it's all over the place. It just really depends on what the polar vortexes do. So, But when we get one, you're like, holy crap, it's cold. Yeah. Turn your truck on, go back inside. Yeah, I, I don't like the cold weather. That's why I moved to Atlanta. It, it still gets cold up there, though, January, February. Yeah. But uh, by March, it starts warming up, and then April's low 70s, and then you're off to the races. So Yeah, I always talk about it. I'm like, you, you, can put, you can put more clothes on. You can just only take so much off. That's why I don't like the heat that much. So, But it is what it is. We, we kick butt during the summer anyway. So, yeah. so how many then, properties are you doing this year? Uh, this year, we're up to about, I want to say, 55, 60. Uh, it just kind of ranges because we've had a couple, you know, couple leave, couple come on just with everything going on with COVID. So... And then um, how many do you try to do per day? Um, we're about, it really depends. I did 45 or so this week, so and that was in three days. So as many as I can get in a day is what I get in. Okay. So, I mean, I'm trying to make sure we get onto a schedule, but if I can bump one or two more up, 
during the day. That's what I try to do. That way my weekends are, as I get closer to the weekend, Hit the I can, water. well that, and I can get home, clean the stuff up, clean the trailer out. That way when I come back Monday, I got a nice, clean, organized trailer and I'm clear in my head kind of thing. No, I, 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 that makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate you making time for me this morning. Um, you still got to go out this afternoon on a Friday. Yeah, we got eight. <laughs> eight to do, then then you're done for the week? Eight to do. Um, I, have a couple, I have a couple tomorrow morning that I'm going to do, okay. but I'm going to come home. I got to cut the grass that I'm keeping the trailer at, and then I'm going to cut my parents' property because we've gone two weeks without cutting it. So I'm like, yeah, okay. we'll get it. Because we, like I said, we have the heat in the morning or heat in the, during the day getting up to 100 710 heat index and then we've had these ripping storms come through these past couple days so by the time four or five o'clock is that around. common um for this time of year sort of kind of i mean it right right where we're at there's the thing we call um the baltimore heat island so baltimore right, heat island yeah so Explain what happens to me it's really the last weird. two days at four o'clock when i was driving through washington dc there's a scary storm dude. oh it, it was it, it was bad up here it was windy lightnings thunderings it was wild and then it happened again yesterday yeah we actually had transformers blow right outside my house like seven times wow. it just kept boom 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 so explain this baltimore heat what was the next word it's a baltimore heat island hey guys it's marty let me jump in here real quick i don't know about you but i've never heard about the baltimore heat island guess we'll find out what it is together when the green industry podcast returns our summer road tour is made possible by our good friends at echo they of course are the maker of professional grade dependable handheld outdoor power equipment very high quality products chainsaws trimmers blowers pressure washers all those good things echo-usa.com that's the link to find your next up grade also let me say that if you are looking for a roadmap maybe a training program to help launch a lawn care business we highly recommend the Entrepreneur academy they of course have tons of information all condensed uh, into one program they can really get that foundation solid where it needs to be get the business headed in the right direction plus our good friend brian has introduced a brand new addition to the academy listen to this new program alert the how to get new lawn care customers training program is now available if you guys have ever struggled at acquiring new customers or are looking to grow your lawn care business then this new program might just be for you looking to learn the best tactics to develop a successful postcard marketing campaign we got you covered have you ever wondered how to use social media to exponentially grow your business and dominate the competition we got that too whether you're just getting started in business or you're a seasoned vet there's something for everyone in this new program available now exclusively at laundrepreneuracademy.com the hardscapeacademy.com is the place to go to become the next professional hardscaper check out caleb allman's how to install pavers and how to install retaining walls comprehensive guides you will learn all the techniques and information necessary to perform the installation of these features based on industry standards including tips and tricks that caleb has learned over the past 20 years of hardscaping the courses are immediately available via online streaming for just $99 each. Go to the hardscapeacademy.com and that link is in today's show notes. 
Lawn and landscape pros need to keep their competitive edge, and the easiest way to do that is by attending GIE Plus Expo this October 21st through the 23rd. There's only one word to describe the biggest action-packed experience in the outdoor equipment industry. Wow! Over a thousand indoor exhibits wall-to-wall with innovative products and the latest technology. Talk face-to-face with the engineers that design your favorite equipment. Then step outside and dive into the hands-on demo area where you can drive, dig, and compare equipment to your heart's delight. This year, the wow gets even bigger with the new UTV test track, the hands-on drone zone, and free parking. (laughs) Free parking! Register now at GIE-Expo.com, and we'll see you in Louisville, Kentucky this October. Green Industry Podcast Summer Tour, powered by Echo, rolls on. Once again, here's your host, Paul Jameson. Because really the weird. last two days at 4 o'clock, when I was driving through Washington, D.C., there's a scary storm, dude. Oh, it, it, was, it, it was bad up here. It was windy, lightning, thunderings. It was wild. And then it happened again yesterday. Yeah, we actually had a Transformers blow right outside my house like seven times. Wow. It just kept boom, 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 boom. So explain this Baltimore heat. What was the next word? It's a Baltimore heat island. So, as you guys know, during or if you're in a city, it's a lot hotter than when you're out in a rural area, right? So, in Baltimore, at least around here, that my father and I have recognized because we're we're big boaters, so we really recognize what's going on with the weather. That way, we know if we need to get back or we need a shelter, we can. So, what happens is, is as the storm comes towards us, the heat island is pushing a lot of heat up, so it splits the storm in half. Uh, and then what happens is the storm will go around us, and then it forms on the other side of the bay, and it's a, a ripper of storm. So it's, it's just really kind of cool. So around here, sometimes you'll get a really bad storm, or you don't get the storm at all. And that's what's happened lately, is that last night, the storm split around us and then formed again, but it formed south of us, and it formed north of us. So it's 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 weird. Okay. But we still get rain, which is awesome. So now we're getting some growth again. Yeah. Do you do all weekly on your mowing or do some of these folks want the old bi-weekly? <laughs> so I have about, I want to say 75% are weekly and another 25% bi-weekly. But I make it so that I'm not putting bi-weekly on the same week. I have them on alternating weeks. So I have the same amount of work mm-hmm. from Wednesday through Friday and then Mondays, Tuesdays, we try to do, I try to do this thing called Managerial Monday is what our friends and I are calling it. What's it called? Managerial Monday. So we're taking the time to go out to the bank. If we have a project on Tuesday, we want to make sure mulch is ready and delivered or ordered at least so that it can be delivered tomorrow or the next day. So we allow Monday to be the day to just kind of do the office work because everything's open. We can get out and do what we need to do and go from there. So that's what I've been trying to implement. And then if it's a really busy week, I'll end up doing work on a Monday or Tuesday. That way we can actually put some money in the bank account or whatever it may be. But Wednesday through Friday, that's all my cutting days. It ever keeps everybody happy because then during the weekend, it still looks good. You know, ever it, it works for everyone, essentially. Yeah, except if it rains on one of those days, then you're working on Saturday. Yeah, and I, I try to get on the bit as much as I can. But if, it, if I'm out, you know, one or two days just cutting long, it doesn't bother me. I, I enjoy what I do. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's what's important is, is you, you enjoy, you know, cutting that grass, making that cash. Exactly. So, and, and, and you're, I watched a video by Keith Kalfas. I think it was last night about falling in love with your business again. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, you know, that passion of, of being an entrepreneur. I was talking to Ed Wright yesterday about this. Yeah. And, um, 
just there's something when you just go work for a company and you get your paycheck and whatnot. I mean, it's it's very steady, Eddie, mm-hmm. and that you know that's I, my personality. I appreciate that, and I love that. But there's something that I, I can't really describe to someone unless you are an entrepreneur that owns your own business. It's there's just this passion behind it. It's like, yeah. man, I, I I love this. I, I I couldn't even imagine going back and like, even if they paid me a lot of money, like working a nine to five. You know, yeah. like, I don't even know how much money you could pay me to go do that. Like, I I don't think I could. Yeah, exactly. You know what and I mean? Like, if I sat in an office and nine to five, like, I, I don't, I don't even think you could give me. I mean, if, they, if someone offered me like twenty million dollars, I'd probably be like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could, I guess, what, what's that like a million dollars a month? I'd probably yeah. go do it. But even that, I don't know if I could do it long term. Like, I'd because you want to work something you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, so that's good when you find it. And I, I could tell having breakfast that you you love this. Yeah, I really do. And. I'll tell you this, and the reason I really started the business was because back coming out of high school, um, my buddy Matthew Waisner, he, he's like a brother to me. I've known him since kindergarten. So if he's listening to this, love you, bud. Anyway, um, I I built the business around for him and I to create something that we can provide for our families as we get older. Mm-hmm. Um, and the past couple of years, he's had to find a way to provide himself a steady income because what we were doing, it wasn't very steady. Mm-hmm. So, and now that we're starting to get into something where it can become steady and we can do more work, like I said, we're going to try bidding on an HOA this year. So if I can bid on that, maybe I can get him to come back and I can provide for him so that he can provide for his family and it's steady. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the one thing is that I know a lot of people are looking for the steady income, being able to do the winter work, but I also want to be able to make it so that he can come back, work with us. You know, I can still have Chloe working with us. I have my brother working with us so we can provide for his passion. He likes doing fitness. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I'm, I'm encouraging him to do it. I want him to build his little passion of, oh, I want to help other people get into shape, get mm-hmm. in to do this and that. So I, I'm, I want to be able to provide him the income so that he can go forward with that passion. Cause when he goes off to find some, you know, do what he wants to do, we'll find somebody else. I, I want to be able to feed other people's passions with the income that we make. Yeah, that kind absolutely. Of thing. Be careful with the HOA, man. I, those can be a race to the bottom. So yeah, many exactly. Times. And I, I mean, I've just watched in, in the neighborhood that I work in every year, at least every two years, it's, it's a different company mm-hmm. every single year. And, and the, the quality I've just noticed, it just, it's a little worse every single year. Yeah. Cause these, these people don't, they just go with the lowest price. They have no loyalty. I just, I know it's a con it's huge controversy because some yeah. people are like all about the HOA and, and I, I have, my, one of my mentors does a bunch of the HOAs and, yeah. and he, it's kind of worked for him, but, but you kind of got to go into it knowing that, and I don't like this, but they're, they're not loyal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, oh, there, there's some of them the that dollar. are, yeah, there's some of them that are loyal, but you know, the, the, the people pay 250 bucks a month or whatever in your HOA, maybe it's a hundred bucks a month or, or whatever it is. And then that money doesn't stretch too far. Yeah. You only got 700, 800 people in there and they got all kind of expenses. And so it's, it's, there's kind of a ceiling and then, but they want pristine light. They want it to look nice, but they don't want to pay. And then you got all this other competition. I just, I don't know. I've, I've stayed away from, I bid one time on an HOA and I didn't get it. And I thought my price was like barely profitable and I, and whatever. So I, I just be careful, guys, that do HOA. And someone's listening, they're mad at me. And they're like, no, oh, I love HOA, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But just, just got to be careful. 
I, very, I, very I understand. I actually reached out to um my one mentor. I said, hey, uh, I'm looking at bidding. Do you have any tips? What are the things I can I should look out for? What, what should I? I haven't gotten back anything back from him yet. He's doing how much work right now? So I'll right. probably reach out to him just as a little reminder. He's, he said, if you send me a message twice, I'll answer it. Normally, if it's once, I sometimes forget about it. <laughs> but it's all good. I'm like, you know, it, if it takes twice to get a hold of you, that. And he's like, you have a passion for the business. He's like, I know you have a passion for the business. So he's like, I will respond when it says Scarlet Oak Landscaping. Yeah, but just so. be careful because if you do get it and it's the wrong price, you're, now your integrity is on the line. Exactly. You got to go out there as a rat in a wheel, do it every single week, and here you're wanting to pay your fitness buddy. And, you, you know, it, 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 it can be very dangerous yeah. to, to, to bid those. I, like, I mean, where your sweet spot is right now with these 55, 60 homeowners, you know, if, if you mess up on one of those, the diversity of having 60 customers, you could always go back and be like, oh, hey, you know, Susie, I, I said it was going to be 65 a cut, you know, it's actually got to be 70 or 75. And then she's like, oh, no, no, that's too much. Well, then she, you're out of that deal with that one conversation, but it's hard to get out of it. Exactly. If, if you, you can't go, you know, to the HOA, you're stuck. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be stuck doing work for a year at the wrong price. And it's so hard to get the right price because they have a bidding war with all these other companies that the race to the bottom. So that's just my two cents. I know some of you guys d disagree with me on, on HOAs, but I, I think it's a trap. Uh -huh. Well, everybody has their own, like they have their own, uh, experiences. So if you have a good right. experience, then you're gonna, you're gonna have a good outlook on it. If you if you don't have a good experience, you're gonna immediately go, oh, this is horrible. well. And there's so many different kind of HOAs and neighborhoods, and th there's so many different. It's not they're not all the same. So there's, yeah, there's different scenarios. Yeah, the I ones just, that want and expect the quality. I'm just warning you because this is your first one. Yeah, you know, don't don't. If you get it, cool. But it, I, I, I think it would be better to bid it and not get it and just to have the confidence, okay, yeah, I, I'm, I'm comfortable dealing with these, playing that professional game, putting my stuff together. And uh, it could be a blessing just to go through that process and then for them to say, we're going to go with Rick's mowing. Exactly. And, and I appreciate the, the, the concern because sometimes it allows you to step back and then look at it again and just kind of reevaluate, all right, where am I really, where do I really want to go with this? Do I want to actually get it just to say I, I – I cut all these lawns or is it, do I want to look at it and go, I cut all these lawns. I maintain it at this level, which is the highest possible level that I can cut it at. And we're also making a good dollar out of it. Yeah. You know, well, you so. got to have that last element. You got to, it's exactly. got to be making you money. You, you're not out there for charity. Exactly. And we talked at Cracker Barrel about, you know, in next February, raising your prices. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy that's 75 bucks next year is rates 80 or 81. You know, the people yeah. they're cutting for 45 next year, the 47 or 48, just, and then the next year, the guy, the guy that was 45 this year, in February, you let him know his price is going to be 48 a cut. Then the next year, you send him the same letter in um, February of 2022. We'd be in by then. Then Now it's 51. Then yeah. the next year, 54. So what happened, Kyle, is now you're training them. You're 22 years old. But now the guy that's $45 cut now, if you raise his price 2 or $3 every single year, you're staying ahead of the game with inflation and you train them. That then in February of 2023, they're expecting, oh, well, of course, Kyle's not going to do it for 51 anymore. It's probably going to be $53 next year. And then, yeah. And I got that letter, guys. It's called the rate increase letter. It's available at greenindustrypodcast.com. I think it's like $20 on sale right now. The exact letter that we use in our business, that thing is so successful. We just send it out. I learned this from Matt LaMarche. Train your customers that you're going to raise their rates incrementally. And exactly. If you, if you raise it too much, though, 
that's not going to work because if it's $45 a cut and you come and say, hey, it's going to be $55 a cut, yeah, they're going to say, get lost. And they're going to go with Rick's mowing. So, But if you just bump it up a little bit, mm-hmm. then that's reasonable. And, and, and the way we, we wrote that letter is so it sounds really reasonable. And then that way you, bam, you just boosted your revenue without adding any customers. Exactly. And the one you know, sweet Sue that's like, oh, I don't think I can afford it. You probably don't want to be doing her yard anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? So sometimes you can get rid of the bottom of the barrel. If yeah, just all the bottom build the top. Yeah, by just raising those prices. But I, but do it consistently. Do it every single year. Um, so I, I, I love that. We have already talked about that cracker barrel. But Because yeah. you were like, I got to raise my prices. And I was like, yeah, good, good. Next next February, you know, raise them on 100% of your customers and, and, and feel it out. You know, that $75 lawn you were talking about that's an hour and a half because right now you're using that 36, but you might have a bigger mower, which is going to make it a lot more, you know, efficient for you next year. But you exactly. can still raise the guy's rate to 78 or maybe even, you know, more than that. Yeah. I, I don't know the numbers once you get your new mower, but that's another way to increase the efficiency on that big property is get a bigger than a 36. You know? Exactly. Plan right now is the 52 ZTO right. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. This for is it. right mowing country down here, man. I love it, man. They, they cut yeah. super well. We've actually had better stripes with a right than with X mark sometimes. So, I mean, it depends on the property, but I'm, I'm, I'm sold on right for life. Yeah. So I actually, I actually reached out to Ed. I was like, Hey man, you got me sold for life. I'm gonna keep using your mower. He was like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. We just had, literally just had him on the show yesterday. What a great. Yeah, I got to listen to that. Yeah, it's good, man. Great. I asked him, what's it like to be in your mid-30s and be a CEO of a company with all these people, you know? And most people yeah. are older. I mean, I'm walking through there and, you know. Most Did you people- see the cutting machines and the the um, press machines? Oh, it's they're so all cool. They're all, uh, so they, it recognizes the, um, the gauge of the steel as it's pressing. Yeah. And puts the amount of pressure as it recognizes. They're like $500,000 for just one machine. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that costs like three Ferraris. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're expensive. Yeah. But just to think about the amount of capital that's in that building and the, you know, the amount of revenue they're bringing in, the amount of mowers they're putting out. You know, I, I can't remember the number they said he's putting out a day, but it's, it's an ungodly amount of mowers. Yeah, well, they put out uh, every 10 and a half minutes they put out one more so you could run the math, but they also, the, the way they kind of structured their system is they do like in batches of 20. Yes. So they, they make 20 mowers, just there's 20 parts there in like the assembly line. And then once that's done, you get a new batch of 20. So they got it all figured out, man. I yeah. They'll run like a ZK behind a BE and then they'll run a, uh, you know, two or three ZTOs and MMZ or something, but it's, it's, cool. it's all interconnected. And then, Next thing you know, you're like, wow, there's like four mowers right there being built in front of me. Yeah, it was really cool. And then they put them up in the crate. So it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited to go see Nick here in a few minutes and uh, see his operation because he's he's done both. He's done the landscaping business and now he's on the manufacturing side. So yeah, I th- I'm intimidated by the manufacturing side. It's just like my my brain just can't compute. I'm just in there like... It, it's it's overwhelming to me because I've yeah. been to Echo, I've been to Kohler, you know, I've been to right now, and it's just like obviously they know what they're doing, but it's just like to to go in there and see see if start from scratch, and then you end up with this powerful engine or this awesome mower or you know a PB eighty ten blower, and to literally watch it go from a couple nuts and bolts and pieces of steel or whatever it is, yep. and you put it all together, and there's your finished product, and then they're painting it and putting the right load. I mean, it's just it's special. Yeah, that's the one thing I'd love to be able to, the end goal, and I've 
talked about this in detail with a couple people, but my end goal with everything is to be able to build the landscape business and have it run kind of self-autonomously kind of thing. Um, have like a crew manager, salesman kind of thing, and just have them run the business and I operate it kind of like what Stanley does, that kind of thing, and then move into sales of equipment. Because I'm a little kid. I love uh, the kid contract, like Caleb Allman always says. <laughs> you always see the, you know, the machines. You want to go play with a Bobcat or whatever it may yeah. be. Like I, I want to go out and use machines, but I want to be able to create a um, dealer-consumer relationship where it's very strong, kind of like wine guards down in this area. I'd love to be able to make like the super shore of um, – Equipment yeah, you're sales. shouting out all my uh, tour stops, man. I'm going to Caleb's <laughs> house Saturday night, and then Weingart's next week, and that's a good reminder. Brian's texted me like twice. I gotta, I gotta c- connect with them to finalize. I think I'm going on Thursday, but I gotta, I gotta make sure I remember that uh, time. It's, it's been this crazy whirlwind, Kyle. I'm so tired. I just, it's like there's so many people, and I apologize to the people who I haven't been able to connect. They're like, hey, you're like 20 minutes away from me. Can we grab yeah. a steak? Or it's just like it's been so overwhelmingly awesome. I just I I can't do all of it because it's like you see my schedule. It's here, exactly. here, here, yeah, here, yeah, yeah, here. Yep. There's zero, there's zero room for anything um, other than the, what's scheduled. So. Um, and when it's all done, you're going to go home. You'll be like, man, I'm going to do it again. Oh, <laughs> I, I already been talking. I was talking to my producer last night. I was like, man, let's, you know, let's start planning the next one. We're, we're having a blast. So it's, it's a yeah, lot of fun. If you can keep this up, I, I think it'd be pretty cool because you'd be able to meet some really interesting people and just get well, to see some Well, the goal is like, and, you know, Mike Callahan reached out to me. He's like, when are you coming to New York? And then someone in New Jersey, hey, when are you coming to New Jersey? So I was like, ah, connect the dots. Like, I'll do a New York, New Jersey. And then yesterday, Judith, Ro- Judith uh, Ross uh, from Right Manufacturing. She's like, when are you coming to Massachusetts? So I, I think I'll do like, yeah, a, like tour. a Northeastern Seaboard type thing. Exactly. And I've never seen that part of the country before. Yeah. And then certainly, you know, already kind of talking about one out where Blake Albertson is in Kansas City and Arkansas. And well, if you go out there, you got to go say hi to my man, um, Aaron, that we met oh. from um, LAL. Okay. You have to meet up with him. Aaron's, yeah. Aaron's on the landscape. He's, he's, yeah, he's pretty cool. What city is he in? Uh, I think he's like right outside of Independence. Okay. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. And then okay. I, I know I got a friend in um, Chattanooga, Matt Rayburn. He's yeah, uh, Single Mountain. Yeah. Now I am going to Tennessee on the way back home on this trip because uh, on my way from Michigan to uh, to Georgia, I'll drive through Tennessee. So I'm going to do Pro Cut. They're on the yeah. up and up. Um, Cody and uh, what's his yeah, wife? Yeah, I actually name? watched them this morning. Cody and um, I I can't remember. I just I popped the video on. I just yeah. I, well, I put he, it on autopilot he, uh, for a minute. He flipped this. I was watching this video. He flipped. I think it was a skag. Yeah, the he's going be right on too. This I hill. heard about that. Courtney, that's his wife's name. Yeah, Cody and Courtney, and he's going down this hill, and it flipped. And I was like, usually when you see something like that, flip my mower, you think it's clickbait. Like yeah. Jake Paul and these jokers have these videos where it's like you click on it, and then. You don't even get the point of the video that you thought you were going to watch. Yeah, they just, they, they manipulate you, and I don't like that. And some, like, flip my mower. You know, yeah. Right. So I'm watching, the, you know, the game. And then flips, like, oh, And then oh, I was crap. like, oh, dang. Like, he could have died, like, easily. You know what I mean? If that thing would have landed on him. That yeah. happened in the, you guys got to be careful, man. That Always happened have those rule protection systems up, The too. neighborhood I work in, um, it, I mean, the mower, this dude flipped it and landed on him and killed him. So yeah. you got to be very, very careful. It wasn't a skag. It was the, um. What's those big ones from Xmark? Uh, this was a long time ago. Oh yeah, this is like ten, about 10 years, like ago. large laser or something. Yeah, but it was this was a long. I mean, this was when I just got started, and it it scared me because yeah. it's like homeboy was on a hill and it tipped right over, landed on him, 
crushed him to death, to literally to death. And so that, 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 I mean, that's unfortunate to his, you know, wife and kids and everyone he left behind. But I think it was to see that in my first year, I didn't watch it happen, but I I mean, Mm -hmm. it was house right next to where I worked. It was like a a reverence that these machines are, you know, powerful and we got to be careful. And, And Cody was very fortunate that uh, a his mower would seem like to come out okay, and B that his yeah. health that he didn't, you know, knock off a limb or or exactly. Die. So you got to be careful. And and both those incidences were on hills. Mitchell Gordy, this guy, he's always next to this pond. Yeah, with that like, ZK oh man. My gosh, oh my god, I was like beast. Mitchell. This guy is just he is well. Mitchell's a fearless kind of guy. I mean, if you're gonna go like to a fight, you I'm get, gonna meet him at GIA when we go. He's a cool. He's him. a cool guy, but he he's. He's fearless, but yeah. you still got to respect the pond, dude. <laughs> it's exactly. Like, I'm like, man, one little slide, and that that thing's uh, toast. Yeah, if I get anything on a hill or anything, I, if, especially if I'm gonna sit down, I put the um, O R O P S up. I just make it. I'm like, I'm gonna dot my T or uh, cross my T's, dot my eyes. I always get that mixed up. I don't know why, yeah. but yeah, definitely take care of yourself when you're out there. Yeah. All right. Well, he is Kyle Parks. We appreciate Cracker Barrel. And um, maybe if I if we do a tour to this neck of the woods ever in the future, we can get out on the water, man. Yeah, we'll get you out there. Or get me down to D.C. You can drive your boat right out, right through the Potomac, right? Yeah, through getting down there is going to be a hike, though. That's about, oh, really? Yeah, it's about at least, I don't know, $800 to get down there. Oh, yeah, because you only get a dollar a gallon. <laughs> yeah, it's about a mile a gallon on the boat. <laughs> a mile a gallon part B- Big Block 454 is running full bore. Yeah, they're, they're sucking down some fuel. Hey, you were telling me it's even less than that. If, depending on how much yeah, weight you're carrying. If, if we're wide open and we have it fully loaded, we're looking at about 0.6. So she's slurping fuel. It's like my truck. I, I get crappy mileage on that anyway. But Yeah, so that, that'd be $800 in fuel cost to at, get down there? At least, we went to Cape May, I want to say seven years ago or so, um, and that was $1,200 of fuel just to Where's get there. Where's Cape May? Uh, so, what is that? Southern border? Oh, you're going to... How big? Southern Jersey, I think. Okay, and how big's the fuel tank in the boat? We have how 300 many? gallons. Oh, 300? Yeah, we, we had a guy um, a while ago. Um, my neighbor's friend came out, and he was getting ready to light a cigarette. My dad's like, you are either jumping off the boat to light that, or you're putting it out. Because he's like, I do not met, we mm, 300 gallons of fuel, that's a big fireball, yeah. especially on a boat like that. So he's yeah. like, I am not having that. He's like, no smoking on the boat, no nothing. Yeah. So... It's our baby. We love yeah. that thing. Yeah. So three red skies at night. Yeah. If it's two dollars and fifty cents a, what's well, it? Or water? Water? Do you get water tax though? Oh, so it's like it's like three fifty. It's like three fifty a gallon. It's like twelve hundred bucks to get down there. Man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, we'll have the uh, future tour. We're gonna have to get some sponsors for that boat trip, man. Well, we can we can get you out for at least fishing trip right by the bridge. Yeah, maybe that's pretty easy. Uh, Gander Mountain. Sponsor the boat trip. That I could stack my neighbor's boat. We could take it. I think it's like eight miles a gallon. That thing's ridiculous. Nice. Less people could fit on the boat, though. Yeah. I guess jet, jet skiing would be a lot more economical. Oh, very economical. Yep. Or we just say, hey, Dad, I'm taking the inflatable boy out. See you. Man. Well, I appreciate you getting me uh, Cracker Barrel, man. And I no got to get the show on the road. The mulch mate. You got to go bang out those eight yards. Yeah, I got to get eight done. Luckily, they're all quarter acres, so they're nothing massive. Run the standard B, run the wee wagger, be in and out in 10 minutes. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, Kyle. Thank you, man. I appreciate being on. Yep, and thank you guys who have been uh, traveling on the journey. And uh, 
dropped ratings and reviews in um, the Apple Podcast. It means a lot. And we're going to toss it back to Mr. Producer back in the ATL. Well, you heard Paul talking about the necessity of raising your prices. The actual rate increase letter that he uses in his business, it's available to you at greenindustrypodcast.com. It's only $20. Now, listen, folks, I am no rocket surgeon. I'm not a brain scientist, but I will spend 20 bucks to add hundreds of dollars to my bottom line. Get that letter now at greenindustrypodcast.com. The link is there at the top of the page. Hey, by the way, our team is already putting together a fall tour, and if you're interested in partnering with us, just go to that same webpage and click the contact link. Look for another great show headed your way tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. Thanks again to Echo for powering our first annual summer road tour. Check out Echo's product line at echo-usa.com. And don't forget to smash that subscribe button to stay up to date with the newest episodes as the tour rolls on.